Welcome to Mosaic, the EDC podcast. Mosaic is a place to explore pressing challenges in education, health, and economic opportunity with EDC staff around the world. I'm your host, Rachel Pascal, Prevention Specialist at EDC. Today, we'll be exploring the role of prevention in addressing the current opioid crisis. Much of the national effort to address this problem is rightly focused on helping people with opioid use disorders access effective treatment. But it's equally important to consider how we can prevent people from misusing opioids in the first place. To explore this topic, I'm joined by Shai Fuchsman, a senior research scientist at EDC. Welcome, Shai. Thanks for having me. So, Shai, what do you see as the role of prevention in this opioid crisis? Well, Rachel, because this is such an enormous and complex problem, It requires a comprehensive approach, and there are many different players that need to be involved in this approach. For example, we need law enforcement, we need the medical community, and of course we need treatment professionals, just to name a few. And prevention professionals are as important players in this approach as any of the others. To illustrate this point about a comprehensive approach, I can share with you a metaphor often used in the prevention field. The metaphor is of a village situated right on the bank of a river close to the ocean's mouth. One day, the villagers see a puppy floating in the water, and of course, they do everything they can to rescue the puppy. The next day, another puppy comes floating around, and so they rescue that puppy as well. And that continues for the next few days with more and more puppies floating down the river, to the point where the villagers decide to put a lifeguard station 24 hours a day to make sure that they rescue all the puppies. At some point, they say, you know what? If all these puppies are floating down the river, let's do something beyond just waiting for them. Let's go up the river and see why these puppies are being dragged down the river in the first place. What they realize, though, is that they can't all go upstream at the same time because they don't want to miss any of the puppies that are already in the water. Plus, they have to take care of the ones who have already been rescued. So they divide themselves between those who go upstream to stop more puppies from jumping in the water. And in the case of the opioid crisis, that's equivalent to prevention. Then there's those who stay in the village as lifeguards. That's equivalent of offering treatment to those that are already struggling with opioids. And lastly, there are those who take care of the rescue puppies. And of course, those are the recovery efforts. So can you say a little bit more about what you mean by prevention? Sure. So in terms of the prevention piece, we usually talk about three kinds of strategies. There's primary prevention, which is those strategies applied to all people, regardless of their level of risk. For example, a large media campaign. Then there's secondary prevention, which targets people who are at increased risk of developing an addiction. So for example, those who suffer from depression or chronic pain. And lastly, there's tertiary prevention, which targets people who already are using substances. So for example, going back to the metaphor, that's the equivalent of the puppies who are already in the water. These three approaches, along with treatment and recovery, form what we call a continuum of care. Can you give us some examples of prevention strategies along this continuum that are specific to addressing opioid misuse and overdose? Sure, and let me start with the option prevention strategies. These are the strategies that focus on preventing people from misusing substances in the first place, especially those with higher risk for misusing substances. So some examples include school-based prevention programs, also screening for mental health issues such as depression or stress, which can oftentimes lead to an opioid problem, and also building social-emotional competencies, for example, helping young people understand how they can best seek help when they need it, and also how to develop meaningful relationships. A bit further down the stream, we have prevention strategies that ensure that people who are prescribed opioids use them safely. 
And that includes prescriber education, which involves working directly with prescribers to help them make sure that they are prescribing opioids safely and that they're also able to identify any signs of opioid misuse among their patients. Then there's patient education to help people who are taking opioid prescription medications to be aware of how to use them safely and also how to safeguard them at home so they're not diverted to other people. And lastly, there's also take-back programs where people can dispose of their unused opioids. And while these strategies tend to have limited evidence to support their effectiveness, and I'm talking about the take-back programs, they are oftentimes helpful in raising awareness about the problem. And lastly, there's downstream prevention strategies, and those are the ones that are designed to work with people who are already using opioids illicitly from dying from an overdose. For example, there's distribution of naloxone, which is the opioid overdose antidote, there's also passing Good Samaritan laws, which protect people who call 911 from being persecuted if they're calling for an overdose emergency, and that encourages them to call 911. And of course, at the end of this continuum is treatment and recovery, which is about helping people work towards ending their addiction and living healthy and productive lives. So the way that you're describing these strategies, it's not really an either-or proposition, right? Yeah, absolutely not. Given the gravity of the problem, we really can't afford to intervene at just one point in the continuum. We really need comprehensive approaches at all points in the continuum. It's important that people in the prevention field really think about the various strategies that will work in their communities rather than just try to pick that one strategy they think will work. Just to give you an example of what a comprehensive approach might look like, so a particular community might include as part of their overall approach patient education, so working directly with patients, uh, prevention programs at school so that their children and youth have the right information and, and are able to develop those uh, social emotional competencies I talked about before, as well as naloxone distribution to all professional first responders and also community members to make sure that those who are already using opioids are not dying from overdoses. And lastly, to also offer post-overdose care programs for those who suffer non-fatal overdose to make sure that they get the support they need to seek treatment. Now, it's true that some communities may not have the capacity to support a full comprehensive approach with all the strategies they may want to implement. In that case, these communities can be very strategic about selecting just a couple of strategies that they think have the greatest impact. But when and where possible, there really is added value in taking a comprehensive approach to opioid overdose prevention. Thanks for tuning in today. For more information on programs to address opioid misuse and overdose, or EDC's work around the world, please visit our website, edc.org.